Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A puck in tight, oh. and they score. The shot from Sean there's Farrell, the hat and trick. there's the hat trick. Farrell finishes it off to make it 8-0. Our hockey team beat the Chinese team eight to nothing. Woohoo! You suck, China. You suck. Uh, Is that our fellas' hockey team or the gals' hockey team? Still believe that's the boys. Is it okay? The greatest ice skater in the world, male or female, experts say, is this Valieva girl from. Uh, she's fifteen from Russia who landed a couple of quads the other night had never been done in the history of female skating, blah, 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 blah. It turned out she was cheating. She tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug called TMZ, which is also the channel where you get all your Kardashian news. She tested positive for TMZ. Coincidence. Juice! Which uh, gives you better blood flow and endurance and breathing and all kinds of different stuff. And where uh, do you get this stuff? Uh, the Yeah, no kidding. Um, the interesting question on... Oh, and the headline is Kremlin backs... Their teen figure skaters' um, performance, saying they don't believe she cheated. Um, <laughs> what? 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 Is, if you're watching the Olympics and enjoying it, good for you. Why not? What, what? There's no downside to flipping on the TV, and there's some 15 year old from Sweden trying as hard as she can to uh, to snowboard. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's nice. Look how happy she is. She did great. Oh man, she wrecked. She's been practicing her whole life. That's interesting, but. On a bigger picture, what the hell is this? What What is going on here? Why is the world gathered in the worst country on earth to compete in sports? And then one of the top countries there got booted out of the Olympics a couple of years ago from cheating, yet they're still competing and still cheating. What, Russia! What, what, what is this? No, no, no. Russia isn't competing. The athletes are competing under the Russian Olympic Committee banner. So Russia's not allowed to have a team because so many of their athletes cheated a couple of Olympics ago. So they they compete under the ROC. If you see ROC, that's the Russian people. But they're cheating. And yes. it's But it still continues. I mean, so, so back to my question. What is this exactly? I don't even know what, we're, what, what, what I'm watching. I read an editorial in the USA Today this morning uh, that said, if this chick isn't kicked out of the Olympics, the Olympics are now full on a joke. That's what I'm saying. It's It's close to... Why am I watching this territory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens, this gal gets a, a positive test, and she tested positive a couple of months ago, I guess. But it was disputed and something or other. It was very vague Man, reference in our, the article I read. She but. is good. She is so oh, yeah, no smooth, and the, the steroids don't make you smooth. But um, Do you mean she, physically or in her skating? Because it's getting a little pervy. It's getting a little Joe Biden sniffing hairy in she's here. She's 15. I'm in her skating. All right. Um, uh, but, you know, if she can jump higher because she's taking the TMZ and that's how she lands a quad, that ain't cool. Right, right. So anyway, uh, she takes gets the negative test. And uh, and her own people say, yeah, you got a negative test. And she appeals to her own team. And her own team says, yeah, we see your point. You're back in. And then, so then the rest of the world says, whoa, 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 whoa. This has got to go to the IOC and the International Sport 
court or something that's in Beijing waiting to rule on this sort of thing. And But it goes into some dark room with a locked door where various potentates decide whether this chick can skate anymore or not. So it's it's not an open process at all. And so why why are you even writing editorials about this? Why is an editorial necessary if a, if an athlete tests positive for for dope? The Olympics is so corrupt. It's fun to it watch. Is. It's exciting. It's beautiful. It's wonderful in so many ways. But oh my God, is it corrupt? It's been corrupt forever, though. We all just ignored it because we want it to be pure so bad. Yeah. Those of us who watch the Olympics want it to be what they claim, but it hasn't been forever. The committee itself, they, they steal money. They take bribes for choosing which town to put the Olympics in. It's been that China. way. It's been that way my whole adult life. And aside from the doping, though, when you get two hockey teams on the ice, the one that scores more goals is going to win. And if you like to watch hockey, right. it's good hockey. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's a shame it's so corrupt. Oh, man, Marco Rubio bringing it. I've been hearing him and seeing him a lot lately. Is he, uh, you know, just uh, he hasn't thrown his hat in a ring yet, but his hat is in his hand. We could it is throwing hand. We could be staring one incredibly wide open presidential race in the face on both sides. Both I sides, mean, yeah. just completely like a complete reset, a complete post Trump reset on the Republican side and a complete post resistance to Trump reset on the Democrat side. OK, now we're going to run somebody we actually like, not just somebody we like better than Trump. Right. Right. And it could be. Wide open on both sides. But anyway, back to Marco Rubio. Yeah, I bring up Thirsty Little Marco because uh, he wrote an editorial uh, with the title in Olympics coverage, NBC, hmm, take two, NBC should stand for National Beijing Corporation. Ooh. Ooh. Bring it, Marco. Uh, over the past few days, the network, which rakes in exorbitant profits from its exclusive coverage of the Olympic Games, has dutifully recited Chinese Communist Party talking points at every turn. Wow. Rather than telling viewers the truth about Beijing's oppression and ongoing genocide, NBC has opted for a both-sides approach that makes the CCP out to be as trustworthy as our own government. During the February 4th opening ceremony, NBC analysts described first-hand accounts and verified reports of Beijing's human rights abuses as, quote-unquote, allegations. Yeah. Meanwhile, the network made sure to pronounce the Communist Party line, reminding viewers, and I quote, the Chinese government says that accusations of genocide are the lie of the century, and they're looking to demonstrate diversity. NBC analysts downplayed China's one-child policy, too. They also claimed against strong evidence to the contrary that Chinese investment is, quote, building up local economies in the developing world. It'd be like if NBC had the 1936 Olympics. On the other hand, Hitler says some of his best friends are Jews. Right. The actual announcer saying that. An American news agency should never peddle a hostile regime's propaganda. The CCP doesn't have a shred of legitimacy, and NBC's both sides approach is nothing less than a capitulation to the party motivated by corporate greed. And then he uh, mentioned some of the sponsors, Coca-Cola, Airbnb, Intel, Visa, helping the CCP whitewash slavery and genocide. Wow. Strong stuff. Yeah, I was thinking, for some reason this popped into my head yesterday. I don't remember why. Something LeBron James said or did. I thought he has an opportunity that I doubt he'll take, but he's one of the few people on earth, certainly in America, that could really make a dent in China. If LeBron James came out and said, I'm canceling my contract with Nike, 
I will return the however many million dollars that that you know they're due to me. Blah blah blah. I also make a speech about human rights. I also yeah. will no longer participating in any, in any NBA events in China. He is big enough; he could do that. They're not going to kick him out of the NBA. Um, he'd get another <laughs> shoe contract from somebody else. He could he could do, go full on like Muhammad Ali did, giving up his. Um, the heavyweight championship of the world because of his belief in the Vietnam War. He he could do something historic if he wanted to. And he acts like he cares about stuff on that level. I think if somebody actually explained to him what's going what's going on in China, he might, you know, might be willing to do it. Oh, and he's got enough money that he could afford to do it. That's another mm-hmm. angle of it. Uh I wish I wish he or somebody like him would do that. Because we need this solid, high profile, reaches even the everyman break with China. By either a movie star or an athlete or somebody. That's a sad state of affairs, but I see your point. Yeah, I think LeBron, LeBron would say, look, if I'm going to do all that, I'll make all that sacrifice you're talking about, I'm going to do it to help the people in the hood or whatever. People uh, people at home. I just, I, I just, if I'm going to spend my time and energy on something, it's going to be something closer to home. Which is, you know, it's not a horrible argument. Of course, you know, he's getting crazy rich off of uh, China. He'd get he if he did what I just talked about he'd get be more wealthy and powerful than he's ever been in his life. Yeah, that's probably Ultimately. true. Yeah. So another giant university with another careful meta study of other studies, what they've said about masking in schools in particular and other mitigation strategies in school, what worked and what didn't. If we don't ask that question. And answer it as a society, as governments, and I'm talking state, local, and federal. If we don't ask what worked, what didn't, we might as well strip off our clothes, (laughs) move back into caves, grunt at each other, and poop on the street like they do in San Francisco because we are incapable of of life in the modern world. We're, We're brutes. We're animals. Bring back animal sacrifices. Right. Exactly. If you like. Put some cow on the grill. Is that an animal sacrifice or formally speaking? I don't know. So we got that coming up also. Uh, Sean White, the Olympian, fell on his old man ass, so we'll do more. Oh, Oh, easy. Wow. 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 We'll do more. The high road. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. More More Olympic coverage and other stuff on the way. He gives you this cigar, really long one. I put it in my mouth and I light it up, and it was fantastic. We get to the set, we continue on with the scene. I forgot my lines. And so I had to go to the script supervisor, I had to check out the script. I totally forgot everything. <laughs> Find out then an hour and a half later, when I finally started remembering things again, that Danny put some marijuana in the front of the cigar. I was stoned out of my mind. Arnold. With a hilarious Danny DeVito story. Yes. Timely. <laughs> On to talk about the modern Valentine's Day uh, at schools versus what it was like when we were kids. And is this progress or a step backwards? Hmm. That's my question. Yeah, right. Because uh, my kid's celebrating Valentine's Day at school anyway. Not going to wear this out, but a couple of interesting perspectives about the whole uh, mask on kids thing. 
Uh, first of all, this is a paper uh, from Yale University in conjunction with something, another university in the Institute for Something Science. Um, uh, COVID-19 mitigation practices and COVID-19 rates in schools. Report on data from Florida, New York, and Massachusetts. Um, and the very, very summarized summary is... Uh, this paper reports on the correlation of mitigation practices with staff and students and actual cases. We analyze data collected by the COVID-19 school response dashboard and focus on student density, ventilation upgrades, and masking. We find higher student COVID-19 rates in schools and districts with lower in-person density, which is interesting, but no correlations in staff rates. All right. Nobody talks about density, so let's move on. <laughs> Ventilation upgrades are correlated with lower rates in Florida, but not in New York. We do not find any correlations with mask mandates. Zero. (sighs) Masks on kids has done no good whatsoever and continues to do no good whatsoever. Another quick perspective. Why are people acting the way they are? Uh, talked about uh, this a little bit earlier, but there are people who have adopted look how careful I am about COVID as their identity during the pandemic. Because a lot of us, and I'm, I'm referring to you folks, not only us here in the studio, but a lot of you folks have been living your lives more or less normally with a few inconveniences or weirdness or whatever around the COVID, but more or less you have your normal life going. There are a substantial number of people around America, and we need to remind ourselves of this, who've been obsessed with COVID. I've seen the Twitter posts, I haven't hugged a friend in a year and a half. I'm like, what? Why? (laughs) But there are millions of people like that. And part of it's psychological. Yeah, it it sure varies, because I I know people that, like, approach me heartily with a handshake. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I went to shake somebody's hand the other day, and they gave me a look like, are you crazy? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, Joe Rogan, misinformation, take him down. CNN, he had Sanjay Gupta on there, and he just wiped the floor with him. Embarrassed CNN. CNN's been trying to get him taken off the air since. Not a coincidence, ah, I don't think. Okay. Or not off the air, but off of the, his Spotify uh uh, platform, including Allison Camerata, a, a CNN commentator the other day, or anchor, said um, when when the race thing, the N-bomb thing failed to get Joe Rogan fired, she said, I've run out of ideas for how to get rid of Joe Rogan. She actually said that on the air. It's crazy. But anyway, what information are people taking in? On The View the other day, one of the co-hen hostesses oh, wow. said... She doesn't want her children to be part of the 1% of those who get intubated and die from COVID-19. She was talking specifically about children and lifting mandates in schools. I don't want my kids to be part of that 1% of kids who die uh, because I didn't give her a vaccine, blah, blah, blah. She's got a 15-year-old daughter. You trust the government? Go to the CDC website. Look it up. Feel free. According to the CDC, there have been 770 deaths from the coronavirus in children uh, through age 17, through the end of January. 770. In the entire pandemic. That's right. There have been nearly 10 million known cases of the coronavirus in the same group, and it is practically assured that that 10 million is grossly 
underestimated. Oh, yeah. Could be a half, could be third. Who knows? With half of cases asymptomatic and many people having the sniffles and not bothering to get tested, it could easily be double that. Anyway, um, or more. But let's just go ahead and take that very, very conservative number. Confirmed COVID cases in children, 10 million. That 770 deaths comes out to a death rate of approximately 0.008%. Meaning, gosh, her estimate of 1% is that, I got to do the math, I'm bad at this, but that's like hundreds and hundreds of times higher than the actual rate. Also, those 700 uh, deaths of kids... Um, under 18, and it's horrible, but most of them had other health problems. Right. Your Serious, healthy kid is right. much less likely than those kids. So right. you gotta, you got to cut that number way down. And only a lunatic or a monster would advocate not protecting the vulnerable kids. I mean, sure. everybody agrees on that. And then uh, this host of The View, who nobody said should be canceled for misinformation, hasn't been deplatformed, went on to defend Sonia Sotomayor's comments about 100,000 people, children rather, in serious condition. She said, well, she conceded that, I want to frame this, uh, reframe this a little bit, because while she may not be accurate for current hospitalizations in children, she is correct that we have more children in the hospital now more than ever before. We have eight 82,000 children sick with COVID. That was the total figure since the very beginning of the pandemic. Wow, so you can you can overstate something by a thousand times, and that's not misinformation. Right. About dead children. That is something. Wow. If you miss an hour, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say a word. Beyond that building, on Sunday, more than 100 million pairs of them when Super Bowl 56 gets underway. It will be the ultimate football night in America. The big game coming to NBC. The Cincinnati Bengals going head-to-head with the Los Angeles Rams, the home team, even before kickoff. This game is shattering records. NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas has set up shop in the host city, the home of the Rams. Hi, Tom. Shattering records, and they go on to talk about the ticket prices and all that sort of stuff, parking prices for Super for the Super Bowl. And as we've been talking about, uh, our eyes are going to be on do they enforce mask mandates, and is this the big turning point in that whole conversation? But uh, we'll have a... We'll be looking for that on Sunday. So, I have a guess, but I will withhold that for now. So the Super Bowl has been getting bumped back, bumped back uh, for many, many years, and now it's fallen the day before Valentine's Day. So that's a heck of a back-to-back if you're going to participate in both of those. You got uh, probably eating, drinking Super Bowl, and then the next day eating, drinking Valentine's Day. But Could be, yeah. Um, Put the Super Bowl on Saturday, please. So... Uh, if you have kids in school, they're likely going to be filling out Valentine's over the weekend to take to school on Monday. And uh, my son was working on his last night. And we've had this conversation many times over the years, I think going back before I had kids. And I can't decide whether the new modern way to do it is eliminating unnecessary cruelty or if we're getting so soft that we're 
Um, I was just having a conversation with somebody who said that their uh, son's not that interested and in, in paying no attention to Valentine's Day. Well, it's because it's been so watered down by the schools. There's really nothing to get excited about. Um, well, it's kind of just obligatory and one size fits all So if you bring Isn't Valentine's, it? and tell me if it's different at your school, but I know a lot of people in a lot of different areas that this has been this way for years. Uh, if you bring Valentine's to school, you, you can bring some, but you have to bring... Uh, for the whole class, everybody's got to get them, and you're not allowed to put any names on any of them. Oh, wow. And uh, all you can do is sign your own name. And uh, also you can bring candy, but there's no eating candy at school. I think that might be a COVID thing. But the Valentine's... Wait, wait whoa, whoa, what? Wait, what? Eating can- Not eating candy is a COVID thing. I think so. Because you'd have to lower your mask or something. Probably, I, I can't even guess the reason for some of these policies. But the, anyway. well, it's pretty easy to guess the Valentine's thing if you lived through the the emotional aspect of the way it used to be when when I was a kid. We would all hand make a little Valentine's Day like box or bag for our desk. Like you'd put hearts on it and gray paper in your name or whatever, like a tissue box or a shoe box or whatever Mm -hmm. and then at an appointed time everybody would walk around and put valentines in everybody else's little box and the popular boys and girls got lots of valentines and the less popular boys and girls didn't get many and uh and that's just the way it was and i was usually somewhere in the middle it wasn't very painful for me, but because I am built the way I'm built, I always felt really bad for particularly the girls that didn't get hardly any Valentines. And it was almost always just the less attractive girls. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. you're not as cute as the other girl. Um, and just I can't imagine how painful that was for a fourth grade girl to be the one who got two Valentines versus super cutie over there who got, you know, her box is overflowing. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And they've eliminated that. Is that uh, a good thing? And the same thing happened with boys, although I don't think boys are as bothered by it. And I could be wrong on that. Um, is this a good thing that we've eliminated unnecessary cruelty? Or are we just going, just, just another example of eliminating pain, but eliminating life lessons? Yeah, with I guess. The participation I trophy versus. You know, making it clear you're good at this, you're not. <laughs> I think this is another good example of the great Joe Getty uh, principle of civilizations that they veer from one guardrail to the other. They hit the sweet spot, but have no idea they're in it. So just keep going until they hit the other guardrail. Um, the idea of not having it be wantonly cruel and painful for little children. I'm with that. On the other hand, they can't even be addressed. You just sign them. Therefore, the gesture is, I have gone to the trouble of signing a valentine. And that's all. I mean, if the kids see it a little differently. I don't think they do. As I was just talking to somebody, said, yeah, my kid's really not into it. Well, because nothing is happening. Right. Nothing is happening is why you're not that into it. There's no, like, expression of, of uh, you know, depending on the age of your kids. It, it, early on kids, because I've had kindergartners, first graders, second graders doing this. It's just, you know, we're friends. And there's like the, the boy girl thing hasn't really happened yet. Sure, it's and just then, affection. In yeah, short. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then as they get a little older, it becomes a boy girl thing, uh, or or same sex, whatever. But an attraction, romantic thing, a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so it's just a flat. I 
<laughs> I got I, I I got I I was told the number of people in our class. I got that many pieces of paper and have distributed them to everybody evenly. Now so, this task is completed. And now this task is complete. Why would there be any feeling of joy about that whatsoever? So you've eliminated the pain, right. but why would there be any feeling of joy or accomplishment or or anything from that? Er, crash hit the guardrail. We've gone so soft. We've denied, and this is, and again, I'm against the way Valentine's used to be done. It was cruel and stupid, based on a fake holiday created to sell <laughs> greeting cards. All right, let's Joe never believes forget. love is fake. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's one exception. But the the the, the veal calf children thing. Kids can't run around, play, make up their own games, enforce their own rules. No, it's always got to be in a league, in uniform, with adult supervision, I think is is a, a terrible, terrible thing our society does to children. But this Valentine's Day thing, eh, what would the in let between, it go away. What would the in-between be? Oh, you just want Valentine's Day to go away? Yeah, I, spe- I suppose the in-between thing would be... You know, the kids could walk around and exchange Valentines at some point, maybe recess or something like that, and no big deal would be made. It wouldn't be so obvious who got what. I'm just, I'm trying to think this over. Now, um, you said a boy-girl thing, and then you corrected yourself, thank God, but do they have Valentines for, like, I'm a pansexual, uh, quad-gendered something or other, the, the Valentines say... Won't you be my Valentine on days I feel like a dude, but on days I feel like a woman, I'm a heterosexual woman, so I have no interest in you. Back to the uh, cruelty versus veal calfness. Yes. Or, or, or maybe another way to put it: the this means something versus there's just there's nothing here, so I don't care. <laughs> uh, everybody got the same thing with no heartfelt anything. So what's the point? Um, if it were in private, so same result, but it's private. I think I think I gotta believe some of the pain. And it's just awful. As a guy who I've actually been picked last, picked last for a sports team multiple times. I have been that person, mm. and it's not the. It wasn't surprising to me that the captains of both the teams thought I was the worst player. That was not news to me. The displaying it in front of everybody else while I stand there was the painful part. Right. Of course. And so the, for the Valentine's Day thing, I think the same. I'm thinking the girl who is not as popular, she knows that. It's not a surprise to her. Having it demonstrated in front of the whole class so everybody can, you know, really say it out loud, it probably multiplies it a thousand times. That'd well, be my yeah. guess. I mean... If, if your choice is, would you like to merely be hurt to your soul or hurt to your soul and humiliated? Yes. I think most people would go for A. Yeah, so maybe you do the Valentine's Day thing and some people get more cards than others, but it's not the public display. I mean, it was practically like when I was a kid, it was practically like put it on the chalkboard. Let's see who's got friends and who doesn't. And we'll write it down here on the chalkboard. Jimmy, you have lots of friends. You have lots of friends. Oh, Karen, you have no friends. That really hurt. But that hurts a lot. You have no friends. Anyway, I'll put a zero next to your name. That's practically what it was, which is just maybe it built character on some level. I don't know. I don't know. I think about those things looking back, some of the real painful moments of school. And did they make me a better person or were they just painful and humiliating? I'm not sure that I can point to a lot of them as being character building on any level. It was just pain. 
I don't know. Well, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, it's, and, it's impossible to know yourself, I think. And there's more than one way to skin a cat, which, since it dawned on me about a year ago, is the worst expression in the English language. <laughs> I used it in front of my nieces, speaking to children. And they said, what does that even mean? And I said, gosh, I don't really know. Let's grab Fluffy. <laughs> Who's, who is skinning cats and for what purpose? Anyway, uh, there are ways to build character that include horrible pain and humiliation and ways that don't. And I'd prefer those. I'm not sure that. I don't know. I'm not sure. uh, And Christopher Hitchens talked about this in his book about cancer. But he he said that expression of whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. He didn't buy um, with a variety of things. And and I don't buy it either. I, I think there are a number of things I went through, particularly as a kid. I don't think they made me stronger. I think it was just a really painful, like, day or week or whatever. I don't think anything good came out of it. So, yeah. uh, so I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, luckily, those moments of childhood humiliation haunt us forever. So, that's good. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think they hot. do. I, well, I may, some do. But, like, I look, back, I look back on a couple of those things I just talked about, and I don't, they don't bother me anymore at all. I'm bothered for me at that age. I think about me at that age and think, God dang it, it's terrible that that kid had to go through that. But it doesn't right. matter to me now. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if I punched an eight-year-old really hard in the in the stomach, I mean, unless I like wow. rupture. It's this is it's a it's a hypothetical. I don't punch eight-year-olds, but yeah, unless I did permanent damage, there would be no permanent damage. But I've still administered terrible pain to a child, which is. Just unless it, it is extremely important that whatever happens happens, then don't do that. Anyway. Well, and one more layer of the cruelty. Just to give you an idea. So this is the 70s, at least where I lived in Wisconsin, and we would go to Kmart. So I got to believe it was the same all over the country. Valentine's Day cards packed came with a couple of skunks in them. Mm-hmm. And the routine yeah. at my school was you gave the skunks to the people you didn't like. or And usually, as Joe said, the, le- the least attractive people got the skunks. So the little girl who's not as symmetrical for no fault of her own as the other girls got a bunch of skunks. So not only was it you didn't get as many nice Valentines, you got the extra and we don't find you attractive Valentine. Which is hard just, to imagine what was going on at that time. It is just it's it's unbelievable that it even happened and that there were teachers standing around just kind of smiling. Isn't this great? The little girls being humiliated. Oh. And now we won't let kids run on the playground because they might fall down. Veering from guardrail to guardrail. Now we don't keep scoring sports because it would be too hurtful to the team that lost. Right. In a matter exactly. of a couple of decades. Yep. Interesting. So there's a new high school that pays kids $100,000 a year to come to school. We'll tell you about that. Ah, uh, Probably not a sustainable model for most school districts. Um, also, what was the other thing I was all hot to trot about? Oh, shockingly, the Washington Post, on the question of inflation, said, oh, yeah, it was all the government handouts. Oh, boy, yeah, we got some stuff on that. Biden's answer in uh, an interview last night. Listen, Bell. <laughs> You're going to go for a problem. Do, do we have that clip? Yeah, get we ready, have that. Pal. No, the You're whole clip yeah, for a problem. Okay, do we can okay, let's slow down here. Can we play that whole clip? Do we have that whole clip? Let's hear it. Get ready, pal. You're going in for a problem. But it's oh, it's cut into wow. two pieces. Let's endeavor right. to have that whole clip by next week sometime. <laughs> Surely we can do it. I know we can do it. 
Um, it's going to be the hottest Super Bowl ever while we set a record for cold in Alaska on the same day. All on the I'll way. be danged. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kickoff for the Super Bowl, hottest Super Bowl ever. Meanwhile, a remote town in Alaska hit 88 below zero. Oh my lord! 88 below zero. Not. I guess your your family's always been there, or you're a native person, or something. Who would live there? The you um, got the exclusive franchise to pull fresh fish out of the local bay or something? I yeah. don't know. I grew up in Wisconsin, and we had one day where it was 75 below zero with the wind chill, so it's not that much different. Um, and we lived there. Godforsaken hellhole, if you ask me. <laughs> so the Washington Post with a big explainer article. Uh, what to know about inflation? Rising prices hit in U.S. and around the world. Actually, the U.S. inflation rate is the highest in the developed world. By a significant margin. No way. Yeah, and they uh, they talk about uh, what is inflation? Uh, what does it mean for me? As if, you know, people who don't know that. Well, I guess everybody ought to know it, and somebody has to learn it. You know, at some point in their life. But it's a pretty good explainer. They get into how did inflation start, and they're talking about the supply chain and shipping costs and 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 worker shortages and and all sorts of stuff. People retiring, childcare challenges, blah blah blah. And then, to my shock and horror, it gets into, did stimulus checks help cause inflation? Over the past three years, the Washington Post writes, the government passed four different stimulus efforts, infusing several trillion dollars into the economy. They mentioned the Trump administration's $600 a week, as well as paid sick leave. Later in 2020, they passed $900 billion in relief. But economists are increasingly pointing to the scale and size of the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which Democrats passed less than two months after Biden came into office, as too big to fill the economy's hole. This stimulus re-extended more generous unemployment benefits of $400 a week, gave many Americans another round of stimulus checks, and expanded the child tax credit. It also strengthened nutritional assistance and school lunch programs. That's food stamps and more handouts. Many Democrats, except for a rare few like Lawrence H. Summers, who served under Clinton and Obama, initially waved off concerns that the spending power of the package would overwhelm the economy and flame inflation. But over time, it became clear that the massive influx in cash that went straight to American households, plus billions more dollars pumped into the broader economy, overheated the economy. And again, they state the American Rescue Plan was too big to fill the hole left by the coronavirus recession. So Joe Biden was uh, did an interview with Lester Holt of NBC News, and part of it is going to air during the Super Bowl halftime. But they've been they aired some of it last night. Who, who wants that, by the nobody. way? Nobody. But they aired some of it last night, and they aired some on the Today Show. But so Joe Biden was asked about inflation and why it's so bad, and Joe Biden listed off a bunch of reasons with chip shortages and various things and like that. I was going to play that, but I'm just so bored of hearing him. It's the rambling old man list of things he thinks caused inflation. Well, this morning on MSNBC and Morning Joe, they asked their economics guy, Steve Ratner, what do you think of the president's explanation for inflation? I say with regret that everything President Biden just said in that news clip that you showed was basically wrong in terms of what's causing inflation. 
The problems with the supply lines did not cause inflation. Infl I mean, inflation, excess demand caused the problems with the supply lines, which then caused inflation. We're actually buying more stuff than we've ever bought before. Imports were up 20% last month, and that creates, if you try to import 20% more things through the Port of Los Angeles than you did before the pandemic, that causes supply problems. And that leaves out um, what he was saying earlier about the increased demand is because people had so much money in their pockets, trillions of dollars of pent-up money from all the stimulus checks and the money that went out the door. So he was making the same argument the Washington Post was making. That's what's caused inflation. Not <laughs> So well, Joe Biden doesn't even get the lefties to agree with him. The lefties say, yeah, that's just wrong. Well, and what's truly bizarre is now Biden's saying we got to pass their build back Bolshevik right. plan because that'll cure inflation if we spend another four trillion or whatever the heck the quantity it is at this point. I mean, that is such a st- I mean, nobody believes that there is nobody outside of AOC and the guy who walks her dogs who believes <laughs> that that is true. But Joe Biden, what'd you say the uh, the recent uh, poll on approval rating was for handling the economy? It was in the twenties, I think. And I thought it was in the teens. I thought was it was eighteen percent. Have to look that up. It's low. Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed you didn't play the rambling old man clip. I enjoy them. <laughs> Jeez, I can't. I just. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Yeah, huh? Eh, a little bit. Being a wise guy with him a little bit. Maybe. The the part we do need to play of the rambling old man was him flat out rejecting the Pentagon report on Afghanistan. Just saying, no, nah, I don't believe it. Nah, just, I'm sorry. Don't agree uh, with it. What? What? Yeah, what? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.